Welcome to the Eco News Report. I am your host, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. Joining me as always is Alicia Heyman of Friends of the Eel River. Hey, Alicia. Hey, Tom. And joining the show is a special guest, Emily Alley, the North Coast Regional Director of the Wildlands Conservancy. Hey, Emily. Hi, Tom. Hi, Alicia. Hey, Emily. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be fun. And so let's just get into first, what what is the Wildlands Conservancy for, for folks who haven't heard of your organization? Sure. So the Wildlands Conservancy is a California nonprofit public benefit corporation, and we're the largest system of nonprofit nature preserves in the state. So we manage about 20 preserves, totaling about 150,000 acres. And the majority of our preserves are open to the public at no cost. We also provide free outdoor education, and we're a leading provider of outdoor education across the state as well. And where can people find you locally? So locally on the North Coast, we have two properties and that comprises actually three different preserves. So the Eel River Estuary Preserve and the Sounding Seas Dunes Reserve are located about five miles outside of Ferndale, close to Centerville Beach. And then our newest preserve is the Seawood Cape Preserve, and that's in Trinidad. And it's the Seawood Exit off the 101. Great. And I understand there might be some exciting future plans for the property up in Trinidad. Absolutely. So we recently acquired what's been formerly known as Scotty Point to the locals, and it's 128 acres, and it includes property both on the the western side of Patrick's Point Drive and also the eastern side. It's about two miles south of Patrick's Point State Park, for those familiar with that area. And so currently, the western side of the property is open to the public. It's always been a popular locals hiking spot. You know, there's like an existing social trail down to the beach. There's not much beach there, so keep an eye on the tides. And then the eastern side of the property, which is the forested side, we have plans for free camping. But Was we that free camping? That's my goodness. Free camping. <laughs> Whoa. And so, but that's going to be mostly limited to hiking and biking. And then we will, you know, we'll work with other groups to do specialized camping trips on a case by case basis. And so that's, but we're a ways down the line with that, at least a few years. So, and I, I should say that one of Epic's best friends and one of the great friends of Friends of the Eel River, Susan Nolan, a local environmental activist, she loves Scotty Point. That is one of her favorite places to, to send people. So it, it is a very special place, so go check it out. If, if you're driving down that road, what, what, what do I use to find the, the turnoff? So it's the Seawood exit off the 101, uh-huh. which is one exit north of Trinidad. And then you turn left and go under the freeway. You turn right onto Patrick's Point, and it's the, the there's a pullout on your left and it's like maybe a quarter of a mile down the road. There's a big pullout. There's no overnight parking. It is a county, you know, there's a county easement. So they maintain that access point. Cool. All right. If you're looking for something to do today, after you're done listening to the show, go on out there. And so we have some exciting new acquisitions that are in the works or they're completed. Or, or maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. So we recently acquired the a portion of the Dean Witter Lone Pine Ranch. We acquired a 3,000 acre property known as the White Ranch, and that's on the main stem of the Eel River. And our plan with this acquisition was to get a two-year option to purchase the remaining 27,000 acres of the Lone Pine Ranch. It would be a pretty exciting acquisition. It would be a huge win for conservation on the Eel River in general. The majority of the Eel River is in private ownership. I think it's about 93%. Mm-hmm. And so this acquisition would, would be a huge shift towards being able to really put some conservation dollars in, into the Eel River. And so I'm trying to visualize that, you know, I'm mostly familiar with that part of the river as I'm floating down on a raft. That's basically the east side of the main stem between the north fork and and the middle fork confluence or or south of the north fork. I'm pulling out a map right now. Sounds like a good idea. So it is the eastern side of the river between I so it's it's between the North Fork and the South Fork. And the South Fork. Cool. Well, and given given what's coming in the future for that part of the river with the Great Redwood Trail development, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity for public to be able to enjoy that property. And, you know, who, who knows what kind of opportunities there are. Absolutely. Yeah, there's going to, I think there's about 16 miles of Eel River and then also of the future Great Redwood Trail. So, I mean, this is going to be create an access point for folks who, are, who want to access the trail from further up in the system. It's about an hour from Alder Point to the north and an hour from Covalo to the south. So it's a huge property. There's going to be lots of opportunities for public access. Great. So the Wildlands Conservancy has two years to come up with the additional funds to purchase that larger property. Is there anything the public can do to help that along? Anyone we can write to for, you know, support or anything like that? Sure. If the public is interested, the SB 45, which is the Wildfire Prevention, Safe Drinking Water, Drought Preparation and Flood Protection Bond Act of 2020. That's a mouthful. And that'll include monies to help the Wildlands Conservancy and the state acquire this property. Excellent. Thank you. So this, the Lone Pine acquisition is part of the Eel River Emerald Necklace Project, which is a project that the Wildlands Conservancy has been working on for many years. And that involves essentially creating a network of preserves along the Eel River. So we have a preserve upstream of the Lone Pine property, which is our Spy Rock Reserve, and then the Lone Pine property, the recently acquired White Ranch, and then all the way at the mouth of the estuary is our Eel River Estuary Preserve. And so the Wildlands Conservancy used private donations to acquire the 3,000-acre White Ranch, and we're looking at fundraising for the additional $27 million. If you're interested in learning more about our fundraising efforts, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can use our website. Uh, it's just wildlandsconservancy.org or email us at info at twc-ca.org. Wildlandsconservancy.org. Info at twc dash ca.org. All right. So one thing, whenever I have to give a lecture at HSU is I always give this kind of breakdown of where 
Epic and you know, Friends of the Eel River are within this broader kind of environmental ecosystem. Mm. And so one thing that's fun about today is that we have kind of two different parts of this ecosystem where we have advocacy groups, which are trying to change laws and improve better decision-making processes. And then we have groups like Wildlands Conservancy that go about and achieve conservation benefit by using free market processes to buy land and, and lock it up and preserve it and conserve it for, for future generations. So this is, this is a wonderful little kind of meeting of these two worlds where we often don't kind of have overlapping projects, interests. Yeah. One, one thing that I really appreciate about the, you know, about the atmosphere of environmental protection up here is that it takes a wide variety of approaches. You know, you want groups who are seed planting with the youngsters and doing environmental ed, and you want groups who are waving the hammers and suing the pants off people who aren't following the laws. And then you want groups who are doing, you know, really practical things like actually protecting and preserving the land or doing the restoration projects. So it's nice to see places where we overlap and have similar interests and are working towards the same kind of cause. Absolutely. So what, what makes these places so special that, you know, you have the whole world that you could potentially buy land and, and lock it up and, and save it? Why, why Lone Pine? Why, why the Eel River? Why these properties? So specifically these properties, because it's, you know, as I had mentioned before, the majority of the Eel River is broken up into smaller private parcels. And so what you have with Lone Pine is one, you know, it's all still held by one family and it's 26,000 acres plus White Ranch, it's about 30,000. So you're talking about, you know, huge acquisition of land that if we don't purchase it or another conservation group could potentially be bought by a developer who wants to go out there and just break it up into tiny parcels and sell them off. We've also got, you know, other things going on the Eel River, like logging, marijuana growing, both legal and illegal. You know, those kinds of practices that are impacting the watershed. I mean, the Eel River is one of the last rivers in California where we can bring back this, the Salmonid population. And so by acquiring this, this property, it's essentially enabling us to really, like you said, to really be you know, action-oriented in, in protecting this land. You know, another part of the watershed that we're, we're seeing is needing a lot of protection and a lot of changes coming up here soon in light of climate change is the, is the estuary. Can you talk a little bit about what the landscape of, you know, saltwater incursion and sea level rise looks like down there? Absolutely. So we manage the Eel River Estuary Preserve, and it's about 1,200 acres, and that's at the mouth of the Eel River, and it's on the southern side of the estuary. So some folks are probably familiar with the northern side of the estuary outside of Lolita. We're on the southern side near Centerville Beach. It also includes our Sounding Seas Dunes Reserve, as I mentioned earlier, which is about three miles of coastal dune. In the last king tides, which were in mid-January, coupled with the 25-foot waves, we had massive a massive overwash event. Overwash is where the waves basically wash onto the dunes, and we lost about a quarter mile of our dune system. And so all of that ocean water just kept coming in, and it basically flooded about 300 acres of pasture. 
Yep. And so that salt water, that salt water intrusion comes from waves overtopping the dunes, or in this case, waves washing the dunes away completely. It also comes from seepage. So even when we don't have a big storm event like that, we're constantly getting salt water seeping in through the dune system into the pasture. And so all of this land, the majority of it is land that was prior to European settlement in the area was all wetland, tidal wetland, there were, you know, saltwater estuary, and then with like a freshwater ecotone because you have freshwater coming off the wildcat hills to the south. And then the land was dr- essentially drained and diked and reclaimed in the late 1800s and turned into pasture and agriculture land. And, and so from Friends of the Eels perspective, I think we'd like to see it kind of reclaimed in the opposite direction for fisheries interests again. And, you know, as we're seeing a lot of landowners getting their property flooded and it becoming less and less productive agricultural land, it seems like there could be opportunities for that coming up in the future. Absolutely. There are a lot of great projects in the Lower Eel River right now. And so on our property specifically, we are looking into a way to restore tidal wetlands onto the property. There is a portion of our property that's outside of the levee system that is fully tidal. And it's really nice when you get to see what it's supposed to look like when it's full tidal. So anytime you're interested, folks can come on out. We do require 24 hours advanced reservations, but the preserve is open to the public. Uh, I'd be happy to take you out and show you what that looks like. And we can talk more about our plans for the future. About a year ago, our staff took a field trip out there. And, you know, I I forget even working, working on the eel and trying to educate people about it. I forget how huge that estuary region is. It's what, like a seven mile estuary, something like that. It sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, Six and a half miles, seven miles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a huge amount of really, you know, flat open land, beautiful dunes, and and really interesting ecological processes at work. Absolutely. All right. Welcome to the Eco News Report. We're talking with Emily Alley of the Wildlands Conservancy about some of their recent purchases on the Eel River and the Wildland Conservancy's work here on the North Coast. So, yeah, so sea level rise, one of the, the, the things that's kind of most concerning to me about the the local impacts of climate change is sea level rise. We have both a rising sea he, here in Humboldt County, but we also are going down, which is which is funny. So we are feeling the effects of sea level rise already and we have the the largest felt effects in California here in in Humboldt Bay. So thinking about restoration activities we can't think about a static ecosystem environment. So how is Wildlands Conservancy thinking about preservation and restoration with this idea of climate change, with sea level rise? Do you anticipate kind of worst case scenarios when you are a land manager and you're anticipating that kind of most massive sea level rise future? You know, Absolutely. All restoration projects in the coastal zone go through permitting with the Coastal Commission. And they require that we look at this sort of worst case scenario when it comes to sea level rise. So all of the projects are planned with that in mind. Wildlands Conservancy comes at it from a rewilding approach. So rather than 
building a ton of infrastructure and putting massive amounts of money to sort of fix the land. We're trying to let the land heal itself. We know that sea level rise is coming. So we're working on more of a retreat strategy. One of the things that makes it really complicated with where we are is that we're surrounded by private land. And again, Wildlands is a nonprofit, but we are a private landowner. And so all of the private land that surrounds us is is trying to figure out how can they continue running their businesses and ensuring that their livelihoods are sustained. For us, it's we're very much about the conservation bringing back the wetlands, habitat for salmonids. That's what we want to do. But we know that we have to also think about the humans that are involved because we don't own all of the land. And it is all very interconnected. And so we're working with our neighbors to develop a restoration project that both allows us to sort of retreat back so that the dunes can migrate naturally and that the tides can come in cuz that's what we see happening that you know a sea level sea levels rise even incrementally we get a king tide with a 24 foot swell and it takes out a quarter mile of our dunes now, you know that was really unanticipated we did not expect that that was going to happen especially because the eel river is so low the local flooding has been really minimal so far this year and so we we see things like that and it really helps us to 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 plan these restoration projects where we know we have to be really cautious about how much we put into in into you know sort of hard infrastructure rather than really soft you know natural ecosystem infrastructure and some of this soft natural ecosystem structure if i was an adjacent landowner i'd be really thrilled to have wildlands conservancy because these are some of the ways that we can kind of buffer the effects of sea level rise so it it will be a lot better when you have you know restored salt marsh habitat in front of you if you are the upland landowner absolutely tidal wetland does a much better job of reducing flooding you know, sort of buffering the flood and improving drainage than, you know, any any sort of man-made drainage system. Are there ways in which the success of the Salt River Restoration Project has informed your strategies or, you know, maybe maybe helped landowners in the area kind of come to understand how helpful those natural processes can be? Can you can you do an explanation of what the Salt River Restoration thing is for those who don't know? Yeah. The Salt River Restoration Project is a long time in the making. It's a project that has been led by the Humboldt County Resource Conservation District. And essentially, the Salt River is is a tributary to the eel out in the estuary there that has experienced a lot of flooding and a lot of neighboring properties have flooded. And so over a period of, gosh, 20-something years, I want to say, they have worked hard with landowners to get buy-in and you know, to, to get approval to, to do this project and then have essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Emily, I believe they've dredged out portions of the river, deepened and widened the channel, and made it so that the water that's flowing there is, is staying in the Salt River rather than flooding out onto everyone's properties. Yeah, I mean, the, the Salt River project has essentially two phases, although the second phase has sort of become like a 
phase 2A, 2B, 2C. Because uh-huh. it's taken a lot longer than originally expected. But the first phase of the Salt River project was to restore 350 acres of tidal wetland. So it's like we said, at the, at the very end very downstream end they're creating those wetlands which really it's a natural process that really helps to sort of regulate regulate flooding and draining of sediment and so a key thing here is that the wildcats are a highly erosive mountain range someone recently told me that if the wildcats were not eroding at the rate that they are they would be as tall as mount everest that the soil that they're that the consistency of the soil is so erosive and like the logging practices that have happened for so long, so much of it erodes and all of that eroded material is coming down the wildcats, down these tributaries to the Salt River, and the tributaries have been channelized. And so the natural alluvial floodplain processes aren't aren't at play. And they can't just go in there and restore those processes because there's infrastructure, houses and communities and businesses. And so the Salt River, like you said, Alicia, they've been working for it's actually 30 years, 30 years. Oh my gosh. And they've been working with landowners in the watershed and the community to come up with a project design that really works for everyone. And it's especially important for habitat, fish, and wildlife. I mean, all of their funding, is it's all grant funded. And all of that funding comes from agencies whose mission is, is fish and wildlife and habitat restoration. And so the drainage is, you know, it's really improved. And it's definitely not an overnight fix. They work really hard every year to get moved further and further upstream. So... And and as you asked earlier, yes, the Salt River project was definitely like kind of like a a, f- a footprint for or a blueprint for our projects. We work with a lot of the same partners and a lot of the same a lot of the same partners because it it's all within the watershed. We have to take this really collaborative approach or a holistic approach. You can't just fix one part of the watershed and expect it to to fix the rest of it. So there's projects, that, and th- so these are the projects on sort of the southern end of the estuary, and then on the northern end of the estuary, you have Cannibal Island, which is going to be coming up pretty soon, I believe, and then the Ocean Ranch Project, which is another big one, and that's out there on the Cal DF- DFW property. So there's lots of restoration happening in the Eel River estuary. So it really is like becoming more and more of a holistic approach to habitat restoration. Great. Which, which is important. That's kind of the nature of ecosystems is you can't, you know, what's, what's that great quote by John Muir. If you try to pull one thread, you'll find that it's connected to everything else. I'm butchering it, but you know, that's the general idea. Yeah. (laughs) As Muir actually said, (laughs) So really, what John Muir actually said was, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe, which I think many of us visualize as like a tangled you know, knot of string. And so we often uh, misattribute that quote, or not, not misattribute it, but uh, incorrectly quote him. Yeah. I, I think of screwing up my wife's knitting. <laughs> I pull one thread, and then the whole thing just seems to unravel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that, you know, that's, that's a great example of why we are trying to acquire the Lone Pine property. We don't want it to be fragmented. 
we want it to remain this whole piece so that we're not disrupting wildlife corridors. And we're, you know, we're keeping this huge, huge resource of biodiversity intact. And not only for future generations, I mean, like I said earlier, we want people to be able to go out there as soon as as soon as we can, because it should be enjoyed by everyone. Are there thoughts about, I know it's probably still very early, but are there thoughts about any kind of you know, camping development or anything that's going to go along with the trail there? Do you guys have like a, you know, big picture kind of idealized vision? Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, camping along the trail, absolutely. But rafting and kayaking, we really would like to develop multiple put in takeouts along the Eel River. So you could theoretically put in at Dos Rios, which is close to our Spy Rock Preserve. And then you could, you know, get all the way you know, downstream to our Eel River Estuary Preserve. It, t- it might take a while, and it, I think there'd be a yeah, short yeah. window in June probably when you could do it, but it would be pretty spectacular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I believe the run that I've done and that is popular with many people around here is putting in at Dos Rios and coming out around Alder Point, which, depending on the flows, is usually about a four-day trip. But, you know, inevitably you get to that last day and you're like, oh, the river goes on for a ways more. Like we could just keep on floating and it would be cool to have that kind of connectivity and and travel all the way down like that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What are our parting thoughts that we want to impart onto people? Well, I'm frankly just excited thinking about rafting now. So I just want to put this out there for everyone that (laughs) this time of year is a great time to be planning those trips start thinking about your supplies. It's there's not really a lot of outfitters on the eel, so you have to be pretty self-sufficient. But if you did have any questions about, you know, good put-ins, recommended people to transport vehicles or some of the few companies that do help people do those kinds of trips, you can contact Friends of the Eel River. We've got a contact form on our website eelriver.org. And if you have extra room in your boat, I've never rafted the eel. I'm a really charming person to have along. I have some availability in June, so... Definitely invite Tom. Yeah. (laughs) So just for my sort of parting words, I just, you know, Wildlands Conservancy is committed to preserving the biodiversity of the earth and to providing programs so that children can really enjoy nature. And so if you're interested in learning more about any of our preserves whether it's on the North Coast or as far away as San Diego, please do not hesitate to reach out. Our website is wildlandsconservancy.org. You can find contacts for all of our preserves across the state and keep an eye or an ear out for news of, of potential Lone Pine comings. There's sure to be a lot about that in the near future. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you, Emily, for joining the Eco News Report. And this has been another issue of the Eco News Report. If you have a topic you want discussed on a future show, email me at tom at wildcalifornia.org. Join us on this channel, same time, same channel, next week for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.